Welcome to Underscotted Podcast, brought to you by Maria Dornell, realtor, helping families open the doors to their dream homes. Hi, welcome to Underscouted. I'm Corey Felton, and today I'm here with... Hi, this is John LeBron, Insider Exposure. John, Insider Exposure is blowing up all over social media. Can you just tell us a little bit more about Insider Exposure? I started Insider Exposure about uh, 18 years ago in New York City. Back then, it was called uh, Big Apple Recruiting, and we did a lot of media stuff on the internet, as well as run some... Uh, really big tournaments up there in the New York area. We got a great Christmas classic in Brooklyn, and we had a big AAU tournament with tons of college coaches at Fordham University called the Big Apple Tournament of Champions. And uh, over time, as I kind of migrated south uh, with my college coaching career, uh, we eventually, I eventually changed the name to the current name, Insider Exposure. And uh, just continue to do the things that I've always done, which is promote players, uh, do evaluations on players, attend events, uh, try to help players get their names out there, very similar to what you guys do. And then I also was involved in the tournament hosting business over time. I developed a lot of relationships with people, especially in girls basketball uh, throughout the country. And uh, the tournaments grew and grew. And now we, we run some of the biggest tournaments in the country uh, for NCAA college coaches to recruit uh, girls basketball players. And we've started to get into the boys basketball scene a little bit here as well. So uh, it's a very exciting time for us, despite what's going on in the world today. Uh, we're hoping uh, this goes away pretty soon and we can get back to uh, doing what we do. Exactly. I, um, I had the pleasure of going to one of your tournaments um, over Thanksgiving break here in Jacksonville locally. And it was wonderfully put on, very nice. And that's when I start to see how the platform is being set for these athletes to be seen. And um, we were privileged to be there. And I want to say thank you for the opportunity to have us there, by the way, because that gave me insight on a lot of things with athletes in the local area. Great. Well, that's awesome. I mean, we love, um, we invite uh, everyone to come in terms of media college coaches, spectators, fans, you know, and we do our best to make sure that, you know, we're, we're accommodating to other, to other entities because they're, you know, we can't be the only people promoting players. There's, you know, players need as many avenues as possible to get their names out there and get connected to a college. Uh, so we think, we think, you know, I think it's great that you guys were able to come and cover our Thanksgiving classic and really fortunate to have, you know, people like you in, in the North Florida area here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, given that Inside Exposure has been out, I, I want to know, like, what inspired you to create it? What inspired you to get on this, on this journey? Yeah. Now, that's a great question. So, back in 2002, um, I was, from 2001, really, was the very beginning stages. I was working for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, I really didn't particularly enjoy what I was doing. 9-11 had just happened. I was in New York City. And I wanted to just do something with my time that I felt like, like I, I wanted to have some self-satisfaction with what I was doing. I wanted to feel good about the work that I did every day. And not to say that the pharmaceutical business isn't, isn't doing good things for people. It absolutely is. But 
I wanted to feel like there was something that really I was impacting the lives of, of kids. And uh, I started volunteering to coach a, a small youth organization in Queens, New York. And, and eventually I met up with another gentleman and him and I formed a club, a pretty big club in New York City. Originally it wasn't that big, but we started traveling around the country to try to get some inner city girls from New York who didn't have a lot seen by college coaches. And it was really like beg, borrow, and steal that summer to just get everywhere with these kids who had no money and no resources, make sure they had meals and places to stay. And, and so the, the next year, when we finished that summer up, I said to my partner, hey, we have got to run our own event so that, one, there can be a period of time where we don't have to leave New York City with these kids, and two, so that we can use that money to then move forward and help help more kids and, and have the resources to continue to help these kids. And really, that was the impetus behind the whole thing was just so that we had some of our own resources um, because that first summer was just uh, it was, it was unbelievable some of the things that we had to do to make it all happen. But, um, you know, this gave us kind of a, a, a mainstream way to get everything done and raise some money for our organization. And then over time, it just grew and grew to where eventually it, it actually became my, my own personal business. And I was able to do these things. And I still help a lot of teams out now. I help a lot more teams out now than I ever did at the beginning. So that's how it kind of came about. And uh, I think because I was always running a team and a club myself, uh, I always had a heart for the people running the teams and clubs and knowing that a lot of those people, most of those people lose money and take money out of their own pockets to help kids. I always had a heart for those people and I always tried to keep my prices low and, and, and get as many teams involved with my events as possible so that they could continue to provide opportunities for kids in their areas. That's wonderful. That is a wonderful backstory. I always wondered how how it all began. Like, where did it all come from? Now I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, it was pretty wild that first summer. I mean, there was a couple hotels. I'm not sure that they had any money from us. But, <laughs> you know, I, I knew if we wanted to keep the thing going for the long term, we were going to need to do some – we were going to need to pay our bills legitimately every time we went somewhere. And we were going to need to have some resources to do it. And uh, especially the, the youth population you're dealing with in, in – greater New York City, um, we just didn't, we, we basically served a lot of the kids that came from single family homes or even sometimes no parent homes. And, you know, we those kids' parents weren't able to help us. And, you know, they were very talented players. Actually, in fact, you know, Epiphany Prince has been a longtime WNBA player. Kia Vaughn has been a longtime, and these are some WNBA all-stars um, who are nearing the ends of their careers. But those are the people that we kicked it off with. And, you know, they, you know, those, those, ladies have you know probably millions of dollars now they've had unbelievable careers but back then they didn't come from much and this was if we didn't do this there would have been no way for for people to really know about them so um i i'm you know i i feel grateful every day that you know this is that god put me in this path in life to be able to really help people and i i really am thankful that this is what i get to do every day and we thank you um at Underscout, we understand. When you have to bootstrap the business and go with everything you believe in at first, we understand that process. Um, you named some stars along the way, and you continue to like help create stars along the way because through your tournaments, kids are essentially being seen on a platform where they normally probably wouldn't be seen at. 
and also giving an opportunity where they can look forward to a college coach reaching out to them maybe at the tournament or right after because of what you have created. Right, exactly. I think as I've done this longer and longer, one of the things I've learned is when you can bring together a lot of quality prospects in one place, you're really making college coaches' jobs a lot easier. And then it becomes really easy to attract a lot of college coaches to come look. And, and then that benefits the, everyone as a whole. It benefits the group of players that are playing in your event, not just maybe one specific kid they came to see, but, but a number of them. And, and you having been at our Thanksgiving tournament, I'm sure you can attest I mean, to this fact. And we had Sue Samurai, the head coach of Florida State there. And, you know, she came to see one particular young lady, but she was there the whole day because it just was convenient for her to come see a whole bunch of games at one time. And, and even though she came for one specific young lady, she ended up watching a couple of others and it really helped in their recruitment and, and, and that type of thing. And it does for, it, there's a big trickle down to smaller colleges. And we had College of Charleston, Charleston Southern, FSJ, you know, I mean, I can list those on and on, but those colleges come in to see a whole bunch of players in one place at one time. It just makes things really easy for them. And it really helps the kids who get into the situations like that. Exactly. And that's why your platform is needed in this society right now, especially in the basketball arena, um, especially in Florida. Florida was, you know, it's one of those states where it's a football state. So for basketball to get the exposure that you provide is incredible to have. And I have a question, though. How can coaches and players participate in your events? Like, how can they find out about them and just, like, look forward to your events? Given our current circumstances, though, this environment out there, everything is over with. How can they do get in touch with inside exposure? Sure. Well, I will say this. There's a two-part two part answer here. You know, in the current world environment right now, I think it's important that kids still continue to put out. You know, I, I tell kids all the time, like I run a, a camp that's a, a kind of an elite camp in June for, for high-level players, and we actually have some Two, two of the big stars at Oakleaf will be coming out to that, Fantasia James and, and uh, oh my gosh, Kayla Turner. I almost forgot her name there for a second. Um, but one of the things I, we, we do at the camp is we bring in a lot of the big media scouts from around the country. And one of the things that I always try to make sure either myself or one of these other scouts talk about is you're your own brand. It's important. Like, Insider Exposure is my brand. Underscouted is your brand. Like, Kayla Turner is her own brand. Fantasia James is her own brand. Talia Scott is her own brand. Like, it's important that we promote our brands. It's important that people know about our brands because that's where they get information from. So I think in this time, during this, like, time where we're kind of shut down a little bit in terms of, you know, in terms of, playing games and going to tournaments and us running tournaments, it's important that kids still promote their brand and that we continue to promote our brands because we want people to have information, especially now when they can't go see with their own eyes. So I think it's really important kids, you know, should tag people like me and you on social media. I think they should do everything they can to market themselves. And I encourage any kid who wants to put up a highlight video or a mixtape or a link to a YouTube where they have a full game film, you can absolutely tag me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Tag me. Use me. 
you know, help me help you by, by putting us, you know, by, by giving me that tag and then we can retweet it, re Instagram it, um, put it in our stories and those type of things to continue to help kids. I think when we do come back from this, people trying to get involved with me and my events, uh, we're on, again, we're on all the social media platforms or the three major ones, at least Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're, I'm also, uh, I have a website, insiderexposure.com. It lists all of our events there, um, with, you know, some subsequent follow-up information about all the events, like location, dates, and those type of things. And certainly encourage people to try to, try to get out and play in as many things where they're going to get covered as possible. I know, you know, one of the things we do is we, and we did this at the Thanksgiving tournament, we archive everything on Baller TV so that people always have access to film and there's always film out there on teams and players so that they can use that and utilize those tools to, to help them get scholarships. I think that's really important. Man, you went through everything from start to finish just then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I try, I try. You know, I mean, I've been at this a long time, you know. it's. Uh, I, I never would have imagined, you know, in two, the year 2000, you told me in 2020, this is what you'll be doing for a living and you'll be pretty successful at it. I would have thought, no way, you know. I, I never imagined that this is what I'd be doing. Uh, I was just a big fan. I just loved basketball growing up. I wasn't some great player. I just was a huge, huge fan. And, and uh, you know, God led me down this path and, and this is this is what I was called to do. So I'm I'm happy to do it every day. And we thank you for doing it. Trust me, we thank you in our community of sports that you're doing it the way you are, and just providing that platform where athletes can feel comfortable enough to where they know if I can go anywhere and play, and somebody it might see me, it's going to be at inside exposure tournaments. That's really comfortable for athletes to know nowadays that there's a place where they can go, and then they know that no matter what, someone is going to acknowledge them either there or afterwards if they bring their game. Right, absolutely. I think that's a key point that you mentioned. I mean, we, we, can, do, we, we can do the best job that we can do in the world. Uh, we can be really good at it, and we can really do a good job for you. But as a player, as an athlete, you have to also go out there and perform. And, and you know, one of the things – that, you know, I, I know one of the questions here, and I'm not sure if you've asked me yet or haven't asked me, what should people do during this time? I mean, players still have to figure out ways to work out. You know, I've seen kids um, with hoops in their driveway. You know, I, I don't have one, but my son plays. He's worked on ball handling here at home. Uh, we found a park uh, not far from our house. We've gone there a couple times. There haven't been, hasn't been anyone else there. Um, so it's, it's, you know, definitely a safe place to go. I don't want to give the location away because today we'll probably show up and there'll be 20 other kids there. But, um, you know, there's things that you can do. I mean, get out there, go for a job. You know, when I coached um, junior college and prep school, uh, one of the things that we always did was in preseason was get up at 6 a.m. And, and run two miles. Even I coached middle school the last couple of years and in preseason I made the kids run two miles. And people say, why two miles? Why not a mile? I think two miles is really important because. I think it really, uh, you really ha have to overcome. If you're, by, if you're not used to running two miles, there's a lot of mental toughness aspects into, into running two miles. Your body wants to quit a lot of times if you've never done it before, and you have to force your legs and your body to keep going. And I think kids 
like to, when things get tough, quit. And they have to learn that mental toughness. So I think as a kid, you have to keep performing. You have to keep working out. You have to keep figuring out how to keep working on your skills here because when we come back from this, you're going to have to, if you want us as scouts, meet you people to promote you, you have to still be able to go out and perform for us to see that. You know, we can't promote someone who can't do anything. It's really hard for guys like me and you to promote someone if they can never produce anything. So uh, it's very important to get out there and be able to produce when we come back from this. That is a true statement, and I appreciate that. Because I think that's the part that some people forget. Like during this downtime, you're supposed to be training some kind of way to keep yourself in shape. Because when it when that whistle blows and all this is over with, you have to prove that you're still the player that you say you are, or that you think that you were during this timeout. Absolutely, I would agree 100 percent with that. Yeah. So make sure uh, all the listeners make sure if you're an athlete out there that you're staying in shape some kind of way. Um, there. A lot of training programs, a lot of trainers are putting a lot of free stuff online right now just to assist during this down period. I, uh, if I was an athlete, I would totally take advantage of everything that's going on around me, especially to keep myself in, in shape. There is, actually, and I've retweeted and re-Instagrammed or put in my story, I guess I should say, on Instagram, uh, two different people that have done online live ball handling workouts where they – they're live and you just put your, you just set your phone somewhere where you can see them. And then, excuse me, they go through the ball handling stuff and then you mimic their, their ball handling. So those things are out there. You need to look for them because you can find them if you really want to, and you'll still be able to get workouts in without having to leave your home. Right now that's key. That is key. Like you said, you had a court near your neighborhood. I have one in mine and um, it's empty every day right now. So I'm, I'm, it's a full court, and I'm like, it's empty. So I'm like, man, someone need to take advantage of that. Right, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think going to work out with 50 guys right now is probably a good idea, given everything that's being said. But if you can find a court and there's nobody there, I mean, my gosh, go get some shots up. You know, there's just nothing should stop you from doing that. Yeah, so that's that's key key to the future of your success right there. You already went through it, but reiterate one more time. How can athletes, parents, fans, and the media keep up with Insider Exposure? Yeah, definitely. Well, let me give you all my tags. We're Insider Exposure on both Twitter and Instagram, so that's just simply at Insider Exposure. Um, And on Facebook, I believe our page is Insider Exposure, maybe events or just Insider Exposure. And, uh, And then our website is the same thing, insiderexposure.com. So we've done a, per, done a pretty good job of keeping it pretty simple. It's not really hard to find us. If you put us into any of those search engines, we, you know, we come up pretty quickly in the search bar, I should say, of any of the, those, uh, those social media platforms. We're huge on Twitter. We've grown our Instagram quite a bit. All those things are, you know, we've done organically over time. Our, my Twitter account, I've got my Twitter here for, Oh gosh, going back to like 2007, 2008. I mean, I was on Twitter very early on, on in the the life cycle of Twitter here. So um, you can definitely find us on those platforms, and we do everything we can to promote as many players as we can. And and uh, I definitely retweet as much stuff as I possibly can. And 
And uh, whether you play in my events or not, I think it's important to try to help kids. And, and again, that's the whole reason I got into this thing for. So if you tag me, we'll, we'll most likely retweet it or put it in our story and, and try to help promote you. And we thank you for that. The community of sports, thank you for that because that, that's, that's needed. These kids need, need a, a platform that's outside of what they normally go to, and we, we appreciate you for providing. Well, I appreciate you having me on and allowing me to share my story a little bit today, so uh, certainly that's appreciated as well. Yes, sir, and uh, we'll definitely – we already follow each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we're going to definitely keep up with each other, especially during this downtime, and even after tournament time, we'll get together, we'll do some things. Um, I look forward to working more with Inside Exposure in the future and creating a brighter future for athletes. Definitely. Well, thank you so much once again for, for having me on today and letting me chat a little bit about what I do. And we certainly look forward to continue to work with you and help you as many uh, as many ways as possible. And uh, certainly look forward to having you back at our Thanksgiving event next year. It's going to be really, really good. So um, we we four teams that finished in the ESPN today, or I'm sorry, ESPN uh, top high school, top 25, four teams from this past year will be coming to our event next year in Jacksonville. So it should be really exciting uh, next year at Bowl. So we'll certainly look forward to having you out there again with us. And we thank you. On behalf of Underscout, and I'm Corey Felton. We would like to give a thank you to our sponsors, Magaya Watches, Keep It Time in Sports, and Maria Adorno, Realtor of La Rosa Realty, helping families open doors to their dream homes.